Likutei Sichais, Chelek Yutes, Bracha, Simchas Teira. The very last day of the Yom Tov of Sukkot, in other words, the second day of Shemini Atzeres, is known as Simchas Teira. The Ramah explains the reason for this name, saying, L'fish esmechen v'esen v'esu das mishta l'gomr shal Teira. On this day, we rejoice and make a celebratory meal upon our conclusion of Teira. We've discussed often how a name for something, which has the power of Torah supporting it, though there may be, may be some reasoning for that name, does in fact speak to the essence of and the idea of what that event or day is about, particularly as the name of something in Lashon HaKadosh contains the life force of that thing or individual or event. Simchas Torah, which depicts the celebration of completing Torah on that day, is in fact the way we refer to the entire 24-hour period. This tells us that everything we do on Simchas Torah has an association to the experience of Simchas Torah. And the experience of concluding the Torah on this day speaks to the essential connection of the day to the joy of completing Torah. This further enhances our understanding of the previous Rebbe's teaching that when we make the Shechianu blessing, women on candlelighting and men at Kiddush, on Simchas Torah, we are blessing not only the new holiday, but also the achievement of completing the Torah. Technically, we would be making the Bracha Shechianu on the second day of Shemini Atzeres, but Simchas Torah is different in that unlike all other holidays, whose concluding days are in name directly associated to the preceding days of the festival, this day, unlike, for example, Achren Shal Pesach, while the last day is referred to as Achren Shal Pesach, it remains in name associated to Pesach. Only Simchas Torah has a distinctive name unrelated to the name Shmini Atzeres, so that everything that is celebrated on these second days of Yom Tif are bound up with the theme of Torah and its joyous achievement. We might ask, though, why would the blessing of Shachianu for Torah be inherently connected to the joy of the day of Simchas Torah? Also, it's quite a difficult explanation to understand, suggesting that the joy on this day is all about the achievement of concluding the Torah, when the brach of Shachianu is generally made on something new, a new event, a new day, a new garment, a new fruit. And it would sound more likely if we were to be making this blessing on the fact that we begin the Torah anew, as indeed the Reikeach, Rebbe Lazar Reikeach, a great Talmudist and Kabbalist who lived in the late 1600s, early 1700s, teaches that a blessing of Shechayonu is both on the completion and the beginning of Torah. We can explain this by saying that the blessing Shechianu in this case is indeed not connected with the reading of the Torah, but rather it's a thanksgiving and an acknowledgement of the new joyous experience one has when completing the Torah, much like the reason one makes a bracha on a food item or other pleasant thing. This would then mean that the bracha of Shechianu isn't on the Torah, but on the pleasure of completing the Torah. The challenge, though, is that, as the previous Rebbe explains it, it does seem, in fact, to be a blessing on Torah itself. We then determine that though the joy 
is in the conclusion of Torah, its conclusion is organically bound up with its beginning, as there is no end to Torah study. It's an ongoing obligation that immediately begins anew, and with the completion of the reading of the last portion of the Torah of Ezeis Abracha, we begin the reading of Bereshis. In this way, we can say that the Brach of Shachianu is organically connected to a beginning. But this in itself is difficult to understand. If there is a constant, never-ceasing obligation to study Torah, and one indeed learns all day what is new about starting the Torah immediately after concluding it, where does a Shachianu come into this experience? If it's to signify the preciousness of Torah, Everyday Torah is to be to be as a new thing in your eyes. This can be explained as follows. Torah is God's wisdom, described in Eov as longer than the earth and broader than the sea in measure, endless. And so when the Torah is completed and we again begin to learn anew, our learning must be with a desire for newness and a freshness beyond the past year's level of study. Therein lies the joy of Simchas Torah and the saying of Shachianu on Torah. Having concluded the Torah, we celebrate our finishing one level of Torah study and we make a Shachianu with praise and thanks for the new way in which we will begin to study. And though Torah study must be with understanding and intellect, which means that it's limited by the human capacity and limitations, how is it that we can really speak about a whole new level of Torah study? It would be different for each person, but this is because God's Torah is infinite, and thus the ways in which Torah can be studied are ever greater, ever higher, and ever newer. There's actually an example for this in the tractate of Baba Metziah, which relates that Reb upon arriving in the land of Israel from Babylonia, fasted 100 fasts in order to forget his Torah study from Babylonia, the Talmud Bavli, so that this should not disturb him in his study of Talmud Yerushalmi of the Jerusalem Talmud. Why would Reb have to forget his Talmud Bavli Torah study? Wouldn't his earlier Torah study of Talmud Bavli enhance and assist his new learning of Talmud Yerushalmi? So if we were talking about someone who was working to acquire a similar level of understanding of Torah as he had had previously studied, that might be the case, but the manner in which Reb studied Talmud Yerushalmi was immeasurably loftier than even his lofty Talmud Bavli study. Indeed, regarding Talmud Bavli, our sages teach, he has made me dwell in darkness, contrasting what our sages teach regarding the Torah of Talmud Yerushalmi, that there is no Torah like the Torah of Israel. So in fact, Reb Zerah's study from Babylonia would have hampered his new Torah study in Jerusalem. This brings us to an additional explanation, which is prefaced on the reason that Simcha's Torah is not celebrated as a festival as part of Shavuos, the time of receiving the Torah, but rather on Shmini Atzeris, after we received the second Luchais, the second tablets on Yom Kippur. The second Luchais were given to us as a nation of Baalei Tshuva, which enhances the joy of receiving the first Luchais that we had received on Shavuos. Hence, after the fasting, the supplication, and the forgiveness of Yom Kippur, 
we as a people and individually are each like a new person. And so when we conclude the Torah and Simchas Torah, shortly after, our strength in our Torah study as we begin anew is a renewed strength. Like the second set of tablets were additional and enhanced and enhanced the strength of us as a nation of Baalei Tshuva. We can also connect the portion of Ezeis HaBracha to Simchas Torah accordingly. At the beginning of the Torah portion, we read that God gave the Torah to the Jewish nation as Torah Tziva Lonu Moshe. Moshe commanded us in Torah. Having reached the ultimate level of wholeness in knowledge and understanding of Torah, yet at the conclusion of Zeis HaBracha, the Torah tells us that Moshe rose from the plains of Moiv to the mountain of Nevoi. The Arizal explains these words to mean that only then, at the time of Moshe's passing, did Moshe achieve the Nevoi, the Nun Boi, the 50th and highest level of Torah study. As the Gemara teaches, there are 50 gates of understanding that were created. Moshe had to access to all but for one until the time of his passing, when he accessed this 50th level of understanding, an access and a level of understanding that is incomparable to the previous 49. Similarly, this is the way we celebrate Simchas Torah each year, when we read and study, and Moshe went up onto Har Nevei, concluding the portion of Ezeis Bracha, and begin the Torah anew on a higher level and in a heightened manner. What remains difficult to understand, however, is that as we mentioned, not everyone can achieve greater understanding of Torah. Mostly, it's the great Torah scholars and great minds, and these are unique minds and individuals. Why then this celebration on Simchas Torah for all Jews equally? Why do we all then make the blessing of Shechianu? And all in this case means literally from the heads of communities to the common laborer, all rejoice on Simchas Torah together and equally. According to what we just said, the celebration should be specific to one's level of achievement, with a real joy experienced by those who have great minds. In fact, if Simchas Torah and the blessing of Shechianu are connected to one's new level of understanding of Torah, we should be involved in Torah study on this day, at an elevated level. And it is that that should be expressed in our dancing and joy. Yet clearly the joy on this day is expressed in dancing feet as we hold a Torah, closed and wrapped up in a cover, and we can't even see the words inside. We'll understand this with a deeper exploration and comprehension of the words of the bracha of Shechayanu as established by the Anshei Knesset Hagdoila. The bracha is Shehechiyonu, Vikimonu, Vihigionu, Lizman Hazeh. Why three words to express this blessing? Shehechiyonu, Vikimonu, Vihigionu. Why also this particular order? When giving thanks or acknowledging something to give thanks for, one usually speaks of the smaller thing for which one is grateful and graduates to the bigger. But the word kimonu is only about existence, the existence of something, 
Why does it follow Shehechianu, which speaks to the dynamic energy of that existent thing? Wouldn't it be more correct to state Kimanu first and follow that with Shehechianu? The Rekeach mentioned earlier mentions that these three terms are representation of the words Halili nafshi es Hashem, Ahalullah Hashem b'chayai, Azamra lelekai b'oidi. My soul praises God. I will praise God with my life. I will sing to my God as long as I live. Which also needs explanation. How do Shehechayonu v'kimanu v'higiyonu reflect these expressions of praise to God? And what do they mean? Here's something very thought-provoking. When a person experiences thanks and praise to God, excuse me, expresses thanks and praise to God for granting existence and life until now, Lizman Hazeh, there's a possibility that thanking God for one's life until now doesn't really merit a Shehechayanu. It's completely possible that a person's reality is that he struggles most of his life and doesn't enjoy peace or tranquility in fact, perhaps suffered with times of pain and sadness. The Jewish philosophers, in fact, determined that if we were to evaluate most people's lives, it's quite probable that their moments of difficulty would far outweigh their moments of pleasure and calm. To the extent, as Chazal, our sages, write in the Talmud, man might have been better off not created. Even in cases where that isn't absolutely so, it's still not all good. And then making the Shehechianu bracha really becomes questionable. Therefore, the text of the blessing places Shehechianu first, just as one's life force influences the entire body, head to toe, and doesn't differentiate between one part and another. We give thanks to God with Shehechianu for the life force that fills every aspect of a person, for this, one must, according to Torah, thank God with Shehechianu. Without Torah, it's just not feasible to say that most of a person's life was a life worthy of thanks to God, even when the good times were greater than otherwise. Without Torah, life lacks energy and life lacks vitality. Torah speaks to the majority, and for the majority, most of one's day taken up with concerns of food, drink, sleep, and work. None of these contribute to a person's feeling of vital living or purposeful living. These are very external exercises for a person to assure that he has his needs and to assure livelihood for his family. But for the Jew connected to Torah, who wants a life of Torah, everything he or she does, every thought, speech, action, is embraced within Torah, and in work and other mundane issues, one fulfills his or her tasks with faith, so that v'chol excuse me, v'chol shamayim, everything one does is for the sake of one's connection to God, and in all of one's ways, one knows God. So the result is that every moment, lizman hazeh, one lives with vitality and desires to live with that vitality. And for this, one certainly can and should give praise and thanks to God. Lizman Hazeh Shehechianu, who gave him vitality to this day. In that case, 
What does thanking God for our existence, Viki Manu, add? The Kimanu certainly now seems to be a lower experience of living, just existing. The answer is that vitality can be the experience of a soul that is not enclosed in a body. In fact, angels have a stronger life force, and it's more revealed than for the human whose life force is concealed in the corporeal body. Certainly, souls on high, connected to God with no boundaries, have a higher life force and vitality before they descend below. Hence, an extra word of praise is included in the blessing. Praise and thanks for this vitality that fills us even as we are living physical beings, a state of existence that doesn't resonate with the spirit, and yet here thrives the vital energy of Torah and Mitzvahs, Ki Manu. Accordingly, we can understand Higiyanu. The previous Rebbe teaches in the Sikha that Higiyanu was taught by Chassidim as the toil and effort we put into something, the exhaustion of the effort. But why give thanks for the effortfulness? That level of effort to exhaustion would seem to be a deficiency rather than a value. Also, when something is connected to pain, even a good thing, one cannot make the blessing of Shechianu on this, as we learn from the mitzvah of circumcision. It's a new mitzvah, a great mitzvah, that is observed with joy, and yet no Shechianu is made here because there is pain involved. The explanation for Vihigianu is then that when one receives something as a gift without effort or input, one doesn't quite experience the pleasure of having this. In fact, it feels embarrassing to have and not to have worked for it, and it doesn't evoke joy. But real effort in acquiring something makes that thing precious and gives a person a great sense of joy. This could be said in our discussion as well. The praise of Shehachiyanu and Kiyamanu can be truly joyous when one puts great effort into living a Torah life. The effort isn't only a condition for the ability to give praise for the Shehachiyanu Vikimanu. It's literally bringing joy and pleasure and is deserving of a word of praise in itself, Vihigiyanu. We mentioned that the Rekeach teaches that these three terms represent my soul praises God, I will praise God with my life, I will sing to God for all my life. I will praise Hashem with my life corresponds to Heshechayanu, the life of the soul. I will sing to God as long as I am corresponds to Vikimanu, for as long as the body, a secondary part to the soul, the soul being primary, exists. The words, the word oid means something else, something in addition. My soul praises God reflects Vihigianu the investment in one's soul's work. The blessing of Shehechianu made on Simchas Torah is now understood. After a Jew learns Torah for an entire year, concluding on Simchas Torah, a new light is added directly from Ein Seif of Torah. And when we begin anew to read and to study the Torah, it is like a new Torah with new qualities and loftier, for this we rejoice and say the Shechiyana blessing, with each aspect of the blessing impacting one's continued study at an individual level. For the scholar, the Shechiyana is about a new ability in their understanding. This is where their effort lies. Their Higiyana 
is the, in the effort of understanding, as it affects the physical labor in this world, is minor, vikiyamanu, it means it's in small measure, as they involve themselves less in the rigors of the world, the, excuse me, the higiyanu is in great measure, the vikiyamanu reflects a small measure, as the scholar involves himself less in the rigors of this world and more in Torah study. For those who dedicate their lives to good deeds and to commerce, and for who the new light of Torah may not be as available, still experience a shechayanu vikimanu vigiyanu on their level. They have this experience in their daily lives, and the highest of the vitality that is infused in their Torah study and in their daily activities, activities that are run according to Torah law. These experiences are renewed and are elevated. Thus, the Vikiyamanu, the body is rejuvenated through Torah. The Higiyanu, there is added vigor and added effort, infusing everything that a person does in work and in their personal needs with the renewed highest of Torah in Torah study. This helps us connect Simcha's Torah and the Shachianu blessing to the portion of Ezeis HaBracha. It might seem that if Torah is about intellect and knowledge, how does it relate to things that aren't about intellect or about knowledge? Torah is described in this week's Parsha as a fiery law from God's right hand. The Sifri explains this, saying that fire impacts that which it touches. It can alter a physical body and indeed alters the Torah alters the walk, talk, and dress of Torah scholars, and they are impacted with new light as we celebrate Simchas Torah. If we ask then, what about the Jew who isn't a Torah scholar? How does this affect and alter us? And to the extent that all Jews make a Shechianu blessing, we also study in this week's parsha, Torah Tziva Lanu Meisha Torah is an inheritance for every Jew. Jewish law regarding inheritance is that neither age nor one's situation are considerations in inheritance, and everyone inherits. Torah is thus an inheritance for every Jew. And so the renewal of light on Simchas Torah is something every Jew receives, revitalizing his daily activities and his life in the light of Torah. And therefore we dance. Our dancing with the Torah and not our study highlights our joy. For our joy is not about our understanding. It's about the Shehechianu, the vitality Torah gives us in everything we do as we live our day-to-day physical lives.